evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 16 of season four of Wednesday Night Wallop. Ryland Turner here, joined as always by Kyle Joseph. Kyle, how are you this evening? We're doing okay. I think it was a... It was another interesting episode of of Dynamite. A lot of stuff happened. Right. We're going to be... Uh, we're going to be talking about it. I think there's, it's, it was an interesting building show, certainly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but before we do that, I guess we should get into... Uh, I don't know if we want to talk about having any, doing through any announcements or anything, or if we wanted to get into the news. That's up to you. Um, well, I mean, like, I, I guess it, in a couple of weeks, Kyle and I are going to start a series uh, at the end of every episode of the Sports Report that's coming out in the next while where we're going to cover F1 Drive to Survive. I'm I'm pretty excited for this. I have been looking for an excuse to watch this and this is as good one as any. Um, it's been a while since I've done a deep like F1 dive. I was a pretty big fan when I was a kid. Of of the my I guess you know, like the Jacques Villeneuve, Michael Schumacher, Kimi Räikkönen, David Coulthard era. Or sorry, not Kimi Räikkönen, Mika Hakkinen. Think of the wrong finished driver. Um, <laughs> era of Formula One. I carried on with it for a little bit, and I never stopped paying attention to it. I just wouldn't watch it as deeply as I did when I was a kid. Right. Also, like, what better excuse to get up at five, when you're up at five in the morning and there's nothing on TV, uh, TSN's got some weird content, and there's Rick Router calling another uh, race from you don't even know what country they're in this time. Yeah. Uh, it's something that I... I, I listened to a couple of guys talk about some wrestling and they had mentioned that they were into it. And I just one day I was like, I'll check it out. Watched a couple episodes and I was like, eh, we'll see. And I can't stop watching it. Like, I, I really can't. I, I downloaded the F1 video game for fuck's sakes, Kyle. Like, I'm getting really into it. So uh, I, I'm loving it. I, I'm on season two already. So uh, the way it works is we're going to do all four seasons, but we're going to do uh, them broken up into uh, each of the episode, each of the next four episodes released for the sports report. Um yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, I think it's going to be a good time. Yeah, it should be fun. It'll be, it'll be fun to talk about. It's it's something different for sure, which is which is nice. Yeah, it kind of uh, g- going back to our like uh, Michael Jordan uh, documentary days. However, we never finished that, so I hope that we can at least finish this one. That was that was uh, cursed. Yes, that, that that final bit of production, unfortunately. Anyway. Speaking of cursed, um, we gotta talk about some wrestling news, uh, and we'd like to do that in a segment that we like to call Wednesday Night Roundup. It's a Wednesday Night Roundup. And, Rowan, I don't want to talk about this, so just tell me what happened with Vince. Uh, five more million dollars, five million dollars more was, uh, you know... Found out to uh, be unrecorded by Vince, I believe in 2008, 2009. So this brings the total 
up to $19.6 million of unrecorded expenses from from Vince McMahon, presumably for hush money payments, um, what have you. Um, this is, you know, I mean, like, I know he's not with the company anymore. And um, and aside from being the, you know, the shareholder with the most gusto, he's got no pull. Um, I, I understand this is just like, it just kind of seems like it's just, uh, it's not even news at this point, but I don't know. Like, I just think that we, we need to, we need to not forget about this because in a year or two years when, you know, you start hearing things like, oh, Vince might go in the hall of fame. I don't think he should not, not when you're $20 million is a lot of money to be a, a piece of shit. So here's the thing. I, unless it's going to lead to something like, you know, criminal charges, there's nothing. The only thing that I care about at this point in time, for as far as I'm concerned, is Vince McMahon getting some form of comeuppance for the terrible behavior that he had. He had to step away from his company, the thing that he clearly did not want to do, and that is something. Is it enough? Not remotely. But it's something. At this point, unless we're talking about some sort of investigation or something that might cost him something that he cares about, all this is just sort of window dressing, and WWE is just going to sort of shush it away. Yeah, I, I guess you're right on that. But we'll see what, what comes of this Wall Street Journal reporting. If there's more to this, if they're like trying to confirm something that is you know truly salacious, maybe there's some there's going to be some wheels to this. But I think at this point, it's just sort of it's an unfathomable amount of money to the point where I don't know that more millions is going to necessarily increase anyone's level of outrage. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, speaking of pieces of shit, John Laurinaitis uh, appears to be gone from the WWE. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we all expected this. Uh, I guess this is really just us confirming it. Uh, PW Insider uh, uh, Mike Johnson uh, specifically reported this, that he's probably been fired within the last week or so. Um, and I mean, good riddance. Good riddance to, to bad people. And, and hopefully this new regime can kind of erase some of what what this this culture is this backstage culture is in this company um let's hope for that really it's emblematic of the wrestling business and i just you know just in general cleaning up the wrestling business is a good thing yeah yeah absolutely we had a few people come back to wwe we mentioned dakota kai during the summerslam episode or when we talked about summerslam because, you know, she came back during SummerSlam, but we've had uh, a couple more since then, Rylan. Yeah. Um, we also had Carrie uh, and Cross show up last week on SmackDown to attack uh, Drew McIntyre. Uh, he came back with Scarlet. He came back with hair. Uh, it, he was, you know, lo- looking really, really good in that segment. Uh, he also looked to target Roman Reigns. So... Like, I don't know, I'm happy about that one. And also on Raw, we saw uh, Dexter Loomis appear in the crowd and get taken away by security. 
Yeah, um, I admit, I will say the shot of him being taken away was a very good shot. It did legitimately look like there was just a fan being dragged off by security. Right. But uh, yeah, the unmistakable cro- visage of Dexter Lumis. Um, uh, the Dexter Lumis thing. So, Freddie Prince Jr. did a podcast this week, his uh, wrestling podcast, and he talked about how uh, it was his plan to make his world champion and the promotion that he wants to start um, cross. And then getting a text from him the day before SmackDown going, hey, man, I need some advice. Let's chat. And at that point, Freddie was like, I already knew. Um, And he goes, hey, with Vince gone, you're going to get a call from Hunter. (laughs) Um Sorry, he he he. Uh, Freddie said that he wrote this text the day before and didn't send it. Um, but anyway, he basically just uh, he Cross had stated that you know Hunter had reached out to him, offered him something, and what he offered seemed real. Now, the reason I want to talk about this is because um, do you think that the the general feeling backstage right now maybe that that point exactly like what what he's talking about what he's offering these guys seems real compared to what they've had to deal with for however long they've been there really we have had indication in the past through like through history that triple h knows how to tell a long-term story sometimes it's to the yes to the detriment right right he has definitely carried on stories longer than I wish they've been car- would have been carried on, but he knows how to to book a story long term. He knows how to book a feud. He knows how to you know do all these things. Whether or not he's going to be able to transition that to the main roster remains to be seen. Stands to reason he probably can. But I would say for the people who, especially for the people who were Triple H's guys, and the people who basically that's all the people who came up in NXT. Yeah, I think there there's a level of trust there that is certainly going to be higher than it was with Vince McMahon. Now, Vince McMahon had his people, too. I think he had people who were, he was a big proponent of. But it is interesting to see Triple H take this sort of realm, or take this sort of uh, torch and run with it. We'll see what happens with some of these returns where they're going to build to. Obviously, the, he has big plans plan for Karrion Cross, And I feel like Karrion Cross, if nothing else, in NXT, he was presented as a big deal. How he was booked sort of depends. There were injury problems in there, too. So there's some stuff that's just really unfortunate. Mm-hmm. And then he got called up and could not have been called up in a worse situation. And, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to see him back. I'm happy to see him back with Scarlet. I think that pairing works. I think there's something to this character that is, it works. We'll see what happens. Speaking of see what happens with WWE, they're having a tag tournament, Alan. A women's tag tournament. So the WWE Women's Tag Championships for, you know, those who are not aware... They were left on John Laurinaitis' desk by Naomi and Sasha Banks, the current, the then champions. There is a tournament to crown new champions. It is a very... So, what we're starting to learn, 
starting to. What we're learning very clearly is that WWE had no women's tag teams, and so now they had to throw tag teams together for this tournament. <laughs> they have one team that makes sense, that being EO, EO Sky and Dakota Kai. That's a mouthful. <laughs> given that they returned with Bailey, and that seems to be her, her squad. Ironically, the team they're facing in Tamina and Dana Brooke have at least been in a storyline together. Have they? Yeah, they were in like that whole marriage slash 24-7 title storyline. I have not followed that, so that's, that's a one you have over me with the main roster. Alexa Bliss and Asuka... Sure. Yeah, that one that I, one boggles my mind too. I say sure as though they're not the favorites to win. Yeah. Then Nikki Ash and Dewdrop throw them together. Uh, we're even throwing them together on, on NXT. Uh, Nikita Lyons and Zoe Stark. Sure. Raquel Rodriguez and, and Aaliyah. Why not? I. Uh, WWE, or how long ago was WrestleMania now? Four months? About that, yeah. There were four teams wrestling for this title at that tournament. Or at that, at that, at that, at that, at that uh, pay-per-view. So, I, like, I have a prediction for how this is going to end. I feel like the, the, the new champions are going to be crowned, and then Sasha and Naomi are going to come walking out, holding the titles, and we're going to have ourselves... Uh, a champion versus champion, you know, undisputed match. By all accounts, Mercedes Vernado is not under WWE contract. Correct, but I feel like with Triple H at the helm, th those um, th th those situations can be resolved. I will say, like she's the she's the person who. It, I would go to if I were Triple H and we're like, you know, going to the legal team to present her an offer my thing I would say to them is I don't care what it costs just get it done right and if I'm AEW, I don't know why are you not saying the exact same thing I'm with you, I'm with you on that so the big thing for me then is and this is another sort of important side thing, is does Sasha Banks even need it anymore? I, I mean, it, it depends on how much you value, like, uh, a cameo role on a Star Wars show. Yeah, but, like, we're talking, like, she's a person with industry connections. She's a person with who is, I can't believe I keep saying this, only 30 insanely charismatic has a bunch of name recognition a massive fan base I don't think there's I guess my question is if she goes back to WWE or if she goes to AEW what is there left for her to do in the wrestling industry that she hasn't done already and I say that especially after the match she had with Bianca, Bianca Belair at I mean, uh, I don't know. I, I I agree with you to a certain degree, but I just feel like there's so much more left in the tank with her. Sure. 
Like, here's the thing. For me, it's not to say I don't want to see her wrestle. She's one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. It's more to say, if she decides that she's done, I don't... I can't see her career as incomplete. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you on that. She certainly had, like, the last few years, like, while there has been, you know, some some down moments she's done everything with the exception i think of maybe like the rumble or the money in the bank or stuff like that but it's dependent upon how much that person values that like she's been the champion numerous times she's been the champion just if we're talking about matches how many of and you know how many of us women's matches if you were to list you know the top 25 best women's matches in WWE history. I feel like Sasha Banks is on eight of them. Yeah, at least. And that, and that least. might be conservative. So, like I said, like, you know, both of her matches with Bailey. Oh, I say both. Both of her matches with Bailey in NXT, the the big ones. The the cell match she had with Bailey. She probably had a couple with, with Charlotte that are worthy of that inclusion. Obviously, the one with with Bianca Belair, her matches with Oscar were always crazy good. She even had one with Carmella that I would thought was Car- one of Carmella's best matches. Like, like I said, this this woman is is uber talented, uh, and and she can make almost you know the most novice worker look like a champion, or at least a contender. Yeah. Yeah, her her match with Ronda Rousey was another really really great one. But yeah, for me, if we're talking about Sasha Banks, it's more it's clear that WWE would want her back because there's completely totally value in having Sasha Banks on your roster. The question for me ultimately isn't whether or not she's going to end up in AEW or WWE. Or neither. It's more, yeah, it's more, is she going, is there any, does she have anything left that she wants to accomplish in WWE? Because if she doesn't, yeah, I, I, I see no reason why she needn't call it a career. And if she does, the only reason they're not putting her in the Hall of Fame is Patty Puss. Again, I feel like the, the problems that she has had as of late can be resolved with new management and and that's what we have right we have this new team that's going after it and and getting things done and getting people rehired and 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 what have you and 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 they're not i don't think they're gonna do it willy-nilly i don't think we're gonna see you know everyone that uh we've seen you know get let go be brought back but certainly people who um who, who had the opportunity to go to that top, you know, that top tier um, division in WWE? We're going to see those people, and and yeah, Sasha Banks though, like, I don't know. I, I feel like feel like th- th- it's only a matter of time. For that's just my opinion. That's fair. I think for me, especially wrestling, is something that. 
if you can get away with not, if there's a, like, I mean, if you really truly love it, absolutely, chase your dreams. But if it, if you can get away with not having to do it, it is taxing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It is a lot, especially, you know, as you get older, and, you know, obviously she's, like, again, she's 30. She's incredibly young and would have many, many years left in this business if she decided to continue to pursue it. But, you know, the, it wears on you. And if you can be in a position where you don't need it, and I I don't know if Sasha Banks is financially in that position, or if she is career-wise in that position where she doesn't need wrestling. But if she is, yeah, maybe, maybe she doesn't need it anymore. It would be a shame, because she's Sasha Banks. But... Yeah, I, I hope that I hope whatever happens with her that she finds what she's looking for in her future. Because I wish her all the success in the world. Because you know, incredibly talented person who deserved better than the nonsense that she had to deal with. Agreed. We'll move on to. I guess that's all the news we had. Let's see anything else. No, I think that's uh, that's it. Let's talk about. This episode of AEW, let's do our uh, nightly recap. Quickly rattling through what happened in about two minutes. Darby Allen beat Brody King in a coffin match to open. John Moxley and Chris Jericho cut promos back and forth. I don't think there was anything horribly noteworthy from either of those promos, aside from, you know, that they're going to beat each other in the main event. They're both good. They were both good. No, I'm not saying, like, again, I'm not saying the promos were good. I'm just yeah. saying I don't, I don't think anything developed of it. No, no. Rush and Andrade defeated the Lucha Bros in tag match. The Young Bucks were backstage talking to Hangman Page, who was chilling out with the Dark Order. And, yeah, I guess the Young Bucks have a mystery partner next week. We're not sure. Uh, it's presumably not Hangman Page, as he decided he didn't want to. He said he didn't want to wrestle with them, and he was going to be supporting the Dark Order in the tournament, though not wrestling with them either. We'll see what comes of this. Luchasaurus defeated Anthony Henry very quickly. We had a Christopher Cage promo, which was promptly interrupted. More on that later. Miro cut a promo. Will Hobbs was backstage with the Factory who were there because they were supporting Aaron Solo. Jay Lethal and his crew came out to cut a promo uh, on Wardlow. Wardlow then came out with the support of FTR, and Jay, uh, Jay Lethal got beat up a bit as they ran away. Jericho Appreciation Society cut a promo. More on that later. Ricky Starks fairly quickly defeated Aaron Solo in a singles match. Shenanigans ensued thereafter. But Starks got away. The Gun Club were backstage. Stokely Hathaway tried to recruit them. And apparently they have a match against Beardhausen, which is Danhausen and Eric Redbeard on Rampage. The best friends, the the Trustbusters, were getting into it. And that led to a match being set up, I think, for Rampage as well. Yes, uh, Ari Davari versus uh, Orange Cassidy in the main event. Yes. Uh, we'll have more of Rampage stuff later in the show. For sure. Jake Cargill defeated 
Madison Rain to retain her women's her TBS championship. We got a brief promo from Thunderstorm. Then John Oxley retained his championship, defeating Chris Jericho, the Lionheart Chris Jericho. And in the ensuing brawl that took place at the end of the match, we had the return of CM Punk, who chased away the Jericho Appreciation Society and then had a stare down with John Moxley. So that was the show. Now let's talk about some honorable mentions. Do you want me to go first or would you like to go first? You go ahead. Okay. So I had two. One was during the brawl, or during the, the backstage segment where Jungle Boy was trying to attack Christian, Luchasaurus came back, beat up a bunch of security cards quite violently, and headbutted Pat Buck. Yes, he did. I feel like there's still some build towards whether or not Luchasaurus is actually a face. Well, uh, time will tell. And certainly, like, this this leads you to believe that there's still some evil. Evil coursing through his veins. And if that's the case, then we could be building to something between him and Jungle Boy. Certainly. And there's enough time between now and All Out to, to get that out of the way. Also, uh, I also... Sorry, go ahead. Also, Stokely Hathaway, when he came to the gun club, tried to recruit uh, the gun club to his ever-growing stable, uh, he referred to Billy Gunn as Grandpa Ass, and Billy Gunn was having absolutely none of it. <laughs> I enjoyed this greatly. Um, my honorable mentions, uh, I had Jungle Boy's Jump. So, while Christian Cage was, was cutting a promo... Um, the Jungle Boy jumped off commentary during the Luchasaurus match and ran backstage. And as Christian's cutting this promo, you can hear Jungle Boy eventually getting past a few people. And he jumps and security just catches him as he's about to touch Christian. And it was perfect. It's just absolutely perfect. I don't know what it was about it, but like it made my like skin like or it made it gave me goosebumps. I don't know why. Cr- I'm really the, excited for this. Credit to the boys in the back for for getting the job done this week as security. Yes, absolutely. And whoever the security guard who was who got power bombed to that table, I hope you got a little bit extra pay tonight. Yes. Um, the fans dressed as Brandon Cutler in the front row and like, <laughs> by the barricade. Uh, Awesome dedication. I love cosplay at wrestling. I The f- first time I ever went to a wrestling show, I was telling Kyle about this event uh, while we were off air. Uh, I, I did the Sting face paint. Like, I went full Sting. Um, and it was, you know, it was a great time. Uh, my buddy went full Zack Ryder. It was, it was, it was awesome. Um, you brought it. <laughs> you brought it. Uh, my final honorable mention, um, Anna Jay just choking out motherfuckers left and right. Like, this More is her thing now. Yes. you. I feel like you predicted this. Did you not? Well, I what I said, because what I was hoping, because she choked somebody out uh, when they cut a promo in advance of the match against, I think it was the match against Wheeler Yuta. Last, was it the last week or was it the week before? I think the week before. Oh, it was uh, Eddie Kingston, pre, before uh, Eddie Kingston. Yes. Um, and she just choked somebody out. And I said at the time, I hope this is her character now. I just wanted to choke people out. It would appear that you got your wish. I'm happy about it. Tony Khan is listening. 
That was a scary thought. Um, no, yeah, uh, I, I love this. This is great. I hope this continues. Um, I just, I, I think this adds something to her that she didn't have before, and I'm for it. So, honorable, honorable mention to Anna J. All right, Rylan, your number five I am mentioning later, so I'm going to start with my number five today. Okay. And it is the women's match, Madison Rain versus Jake Cargill. Now, this wasn't... This wasn't an, uh, you know, an incredible, this wasn't, you know, Jake Cargill's best match. It wasn't amazing. It was a solid match. I am happy to see Jake Cargill continue to look dominant. I think she's finding some creative ways to transition into the, the jaded, which is looking like a really good finishing. It is, it's such a, a convincing finishing move. Mm-hmm. And, and just seeing Madison Rain's eyes as she's getting set into this move, knowing that it's knowing that it's lights out, and she sold it really well too. But this was it was interesting because this was basically Madison Rain did get some offense in, but this was an extended squash match that went through a, uh, a commercial break. Yes, and it's just you know what? honestly sometimes it's just fun to see Jake Cargill beat on people. I just, I, I, I do find it funny that, w- w- I mean, we had a report, uh, what, a couple weeks ago that Madison Rain was joining the, uh, was joining the company and was going to be helping out with the women. Um, I just, I find it funny that we're also getting her as a wrestler in, the, it, it's such a weird role for her to just come into the company and have a 10 minute job match with Jade Cargill. I think, and the, the thing about it is, I think that, I don't have a problem with her wrestling, especially with her putting over younger talent. I think the thing for her is she's and she's been working with the the group. I think she, you know she's going to be in the ring with them anyway, training. I don't see it's it, it sort of you know it reminds me it was and this is not it's not the same thing, but when we had um, man boy does this feel like forever ago. Riho and Emi Sakura in the story that AEW forgot to tell and that they told on a, a on a video clip on the night of the pay-per-view. Yes. Oh, AEW. I shake my head at you sometimes. Um, but suffice to say, where you had, you know, the teacher and the student type of thing, where, you know, Jay Cargill is obviously this dominant star, but... She does still get caught in in situations where, you know, a veteran wrestler can sort of outmaneuver her. And it's interesting to see. I love the aftermath stuff, too, with Athena running in. I'm excited to see Athena and Jake Cargill being the direction we're going in. I'm interested to see how this is going to go. If I were AEW, I would have this match it all out. I would have Jade go over, go over, but have Athena kick the kick the Jade. Okay, okay. I I see. I'm I'm kind of thinking that like it now is the time to take the title off Jade because I feel like she's bigger than it. That's fair, but where does she, I guess the question is where does she go from there? The world title. You get you get her in Thunder Rosa. I would be I would be for her than Rosa, and and you get that you you could you could spread that out and get that at the, the following pay per view, and then you're heading into the new year with her, 
um, having one of the best years in women's wrestling. She's she held the mid the the mid card title for an a, a, you know a ridiculous amount. She had a win streak that was ridiculous, and then she she beat the you know the dominant women's champion. I'm not certain the t- TBS title feels like the mid card title though. I, I'm, not, re- I'm not. The only thing like, that made it just, feel like. Sorry, go ahead. The only thing that makes it feel like the mid-card title is the number of defenses that Jade Cargill has done on Rampage. Though I will say the benefit to that was always she made a, she made evented Rampage quite a bit, and that means you get a Mark Henry promo. And I need Stokely Hathaway in a Mark Henry promo. <laughs> I want it. I want it back. Anyway. We'll we'll move on. That was my number five. I thought that was a lot. Of, that was uh, good, and it's building towards something very interesting. So I'll do my number four because it's fairly quick. Rylan, I love drama. You know this. Yes, yes, you're a big fan. Drama, drama is your thing. Young Bucks backstage with Hangman Page, who's with his new friends. They're trying to talk to talk to him about the good times. Remember the good times? Remember the good old days where you we used to run around? And then and then you got and then you got good. But we remember the good times. But Hangman Page, he remembers the good times. He just he's not ready to go back. He's he's got his new friends. He's he's gonna be sporting them. I don't know what that squad's going to look like in this trios, man. I, I guess... Is it Evil Luno and um, Silver and Reynolds? I, I, I hope so, because I feel like that's the that's the unit. Like, I no, no offense against Tan or nothing, but, like, I just feel like he's the more interesting character to put there. So it'll be interesting to see where we decide to go with, with that. But, yeah, I am, I am for this. I do have a pitch... But I'm going to wait until later to tell you. Okay. You've been building to this all night. I, yes. I, you're driving me insane. <laughs> Rylan, why don't you, why don't you uh, worry about uh, telling the people what your number four is to sort of distract yourself. Uh, Daniel Garcia's promo. Uh, this kid, man. This kid. When he first got there, he was this straight-laced, um, you know, wrestler. Wrestler's wrestler. Um, and... Since joining the JAS, he has, you know, changed his look. He has changed his style in ring. And right now he's on a run of ridiculous promos, calling himself the Dragon Slayer after defeating uh, Danielson a couple weeks ago. Uh, like this guy is is bar and also on the ring of honor pay-per-view like he had a sit down with Wheeler Yuta and Caprice Coleman and it was fantastic like fantastic this it's guy gonna, it is interesting that he's we're building and I'll, I'll spoil it for next week we're getting him versus or in two weeks him versus Brian Brian Danielson two out of three falls is that two weeks or is that next week oh sorry that's next week that's on that's on dynamite next week yeah that's that's great that's fantastic that's a crazy match. That'll be a lot of Matt wrestling in that one. I honestly, I hope that one has, has as little Jericho Appreciation Society as possible, and Blackpool Combat Club. I just want to let that match, just let that match go. I you agree. can have the brawl after after, but let that match breathe. 
No, I agree. Uh, so that's your number four. Yes. Well, we had the same number three. We did. Brody King, Darby Allen, coffin, coffin match. match. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just say this. I will say the coffin match was great. Yes. We had we had we had a little bit of interferences involved. We had these two going back and forth at it in just a brutal fight of a match, which is great. It it was befitting of the feud that they've had. The finish was probably the best finish to a coffin match I've ever seen. Yeah, it was perfect. It was so perfect. Let me just say this. I am ready to retire the Thumbtack Skateboard Deck. (laughs) Don't need it. Yeah, this was a bloody match. Brody King got cut open early and did not stop bleeding. Nope. I am I am amazed with the, like I feel like they have to sell after the end of this ma- after the end of this show they have to sell this canvas on eBay. Yeah. Yeah, no no doubt. No doubt. Cuz the, there is, you know, a significant amount of very a big name wrestler's blood on this canvas. What was the Aubrey at uh what was the Aubrey quote? Oh, Aubrey tweeted out. Let's see if I can find the exact tweet. But basically, the sentiment is that she's uh, going back after another day at the office with somebody's blood on her shirt, and she's not sure who's. Yeah. And yeah, I feel, I feel you, Aubrey. This is there is so much on this particular show. This is a a very bloody show, and. My, my, my goodness. Yeah. Another week at the office, walking back to the locker room, no idea whose blood is on my shirt. Hashtag AEW. <laughs> that's great. That's, uh, that's Aubrey Edwards' tweet from today, and it's fantastic. She is... Uh, the fact that, that she is um, Jericho's, like, personal referee is really fantastic. The two of them have... I, it, it wasn't like big prominent in this match, but the two of them have such amazing chemistry. Agreed. Uh, I, I like the fact that he is he has his own personal referee at this point. Yeah. And yeah, this was. It was. It, I mean, but getting back to the the, the uh, King Allen match again. This is a, a really great coffin match. I think it sort of ties a bow on this feud for a little bit, and then it builds to something. It, it builds to something in the, that you can revisit in the future. Well, I, I feel like Nero's still coming for them, so yes. Um, you know what? That takes us to my number two. So let's do that. Sure. Nero. This promo was so good. Yeah, yeah. The really- lighting of it was perfect. It had Miro covered in the sh- in the shadow, like veiled in shadows, and he basically uh, he refers to the House of Black as the Pagans, which is fantastic. He was talking about how the Pagans had offered him a gift, but he is, uh, but he is not. Uh, he said that he went to chase Malachi and Black, uh, went to hell to chase Malachi and Black, but found that all the devils were here. Fed at a barren wasteland because all the devils are here. And 
Julia Hart comes in and basically in because this whole thing was a poem asks him if he wants to join the House of Black uh, if, he, if he'll accept the gifts he's, um, and she reaches out and grabs, uh, and grabs his arm and says no there's only one woman who's allowed to touch the Redeemer which I, I, I pop for that. Yes. For sure. Yes. And then he sort of turns into... Uh, you can now actually see the outline of his face as he turns into the light, uh, looking out, uh, off into the distance. Never looks at the camera. And he says he's going to take the gifts the, pagan has, the pagans have given him, and he is going to go, run straight through the House of Black. So he's clearly coming for them. Yes. So everyone is talking about... The Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. Let's say Kenny Omega is not ready to go. What if the Young Bucks trio's partner was Miro? Oh. <laughs> what if Miro is going to join the Young Bucks, not for any re- any reason to align with them, but he's joining them because he, he has vengeance with the House of Black, and he looks up and says, "This is his best chance to take them down." Yeah, I, yeah, I could definitely see it. I could definitely see it. I could also see it as just him getting in, like the, the House of Black getting d- dumped before the pay per view out of this tournament, and them just doing a six man with Darby and Sting. See, I could see that too, but the problem is, and we're gonna, I'll, we'll talk about the, the tournament itself. Uh, it, so they revealed the bracket of this tournament, and I don't see the team that's beating the House of Black. And I'm not sure. If, I'm not sure what your thoughts on this are. So let's re- let's go through this quickly. The House of Black has their quarterfinal match against Dark Order. I think we're both in agreement. Dark Order's not winning. Oh no, no, definitely not. The semifinal is against the winner of the Best Friends and the Trustbusters. Yeah, the Best Friends are winning that. Right. So, are you seeing the House of Black Black is losing the Best Friends? Hmm. Because I don't see that. Yeah. I think this has to go to the pay-per-view. And if it's going to the pay-per-view, you could have Miro get involved in the match... You could have Darby and Sting get involved in the match, too. But I feel like the answer might be just, what if the Young Bucks teamed with Miro? No, I I like that. I like that. Especially with Miro needing a big face turn. He's got a guy right now who, or he's got, sorry, that, that would be two guys who are also doing the face turn. They do it together. It would be, I think it would be great. Again, maybe I'm fantasy booking out into space right now. But if it's not going to be Hangman, and if Kenny's not ready, like, that seems like a really good direction to me. You're not wrong. You're not wrong, my friend. Also, let me set up the, the matches for you. So we get Miro and the Young Bucks versus Alidolo, Dragon Lee, and Roosh. Mm-hmm. Then Miro and the Young Bucks versus Death Triangle. Because I'm assuming Will Will Ospreay and Ozzy Open is not winning that match. And then Mira and the Young Bucks versus House of Black. That's a lot of good trios wrestling, if you ask me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. Like, the, this tournament itself is... 
it's it's leading to what it's what's going to be a phenomenal match the paper yeah so we will carry on from there rylan that was my number two what was your number two um i'm really digging stokely hathaway just going out recruiting people i don't know what this is leading to if he's just going to be this like agent of the of the stars but like i'm digging this and him going after not only the guns tonight but who, who there was another person wasn't there last week last week uh, last he, he went, week he went after ethan page and ethan he got page him yeah luckily. it does appear that ethan page is part of so we're, we're teasing something with Apple. Yes, and and whatever it is, I'm all for it. I so so much so I put it in my number two spot this week. Yeah, he is he is just gold. I feel like his whole thing is one on on Twitter. He keeps me entertained all week leading up to the show, and two, he's such a good reminder of even with people who can talk, like Ethan Page can talk. Like, Jade Cargill cuts very succinct, but very good promos. There's a benefit to having a manager with them, too. Agreed. Like, it, 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 Jade Cargill looks better with a group behind her. Yes. What The baddies was an inspired choice. Yes, absolutely. And it just, it adds to, because it's like, Jade Cargill feels less like a wrestler, more like an aura now. Just people gravitating around her because she is that great. Rylan, so those are our number twos. We're talking about some some people cutting some promos that were very... Also, I will say this. Julia Hart is unrecognizable in this new role. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she terrifies me. I feel weird saying that because she is like 20 years old, but... Uh, Most 20-year-olds terrify me, too. That, is, that is very fair. <laughs> That's... That's true. Um, getting old is weird. Anyway, Rylan, we skipped your number five, so I think it's time to talk about that now. It's my number one. Rush and Andrade versus the Lucha Bros. What a phenomenal match. The thing about this was, and again, it's both the things I love. Flippy nonsense and drama. Yes. They took Penta's mask, man. They did. They did. And then he kicked it after the match. Yep. They... Abrahantas tried to give him a backup mask, and they took that too. He was face exposed on AEW. Obviously, I mean, with with the face paint still, but yeah. Uh, also notable that he's changed his character. Yes, he is a uh, back to uh, Pentel Zero Miro, and no longer Pento Penta Obscuro. I think it was Oscuro. Oh yes, I don't speak Spanish. I I don't either. I know some of these words. Z- Zero Mero, I believe, is, is basically no fear. Right. But, which, yes, very much so. I saw, I want to say this was, see who, who was tweeting this. And it was a really good comparison. Let me see if I can find this particular... Uh, it was uh, Northwest Sea uh, at uh, CEE Hawk on Twitter. 
And he mentioned that Ray Phoenix, I think it was him who mentioned this. Now I'm trying to try to find the tweet to see he tweeted through the entire the entire show. But Ray Phoenix is like Tracy McGrady in the N- in the NBA. <laughs> where there's so much greatness around him. Yeah, here it is. Ray Phoenix really the Tracy McGrady of wrestling. Too many greats around for people to appreciate how great he really is in real time. Yeah, yeah, I could see. I, I definitely agree with you on that. There's something about a, about Ray Phoenix as a part of a match that just makes the match get to that next level. His ability to bound off of ropes is just insane. It's a reminder that ropes are, you know, hard to stand on. Less, no, yeah, much less like bouncing off them and hitting a fantastic move. Yeah, you know what's like doing a moonsault off the turnbuckle is hard. Involves you doing a backflip, timing it out perfectly, landing in a way that both looks like you hit somebody and then that you didn't because you don't want to. You know what makes it harder? Bouncing from one rope to another rope and then doing it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He, he is he is absolutely crazy in this match. I thought this match was a really good showing for Roosh. I thought he, he showed out in this match. And it makes me excited for, you know, them and the Young Bucks. Sounds great. And add Dragon Lee to this. Oh, yeah. Take my money. Take my money. And Thank God it's on free TV. We're getting that next week. Yeah, I know. Free. I know. I know. It's gonna be an. It's gonna be a great match. I'm. I'm really looking forward to it. And, and I did mention this to you. I think before we started recording. The only thing I'm disappointed with is Andrade's taking another loss next week. Yes. It. It, there, it does appear that we're we're dealing with them which is which is probably why he got the win this week. But yes. like, still, it does suck. What I'm hoping is that we can get on like. Andrade and Roosh are building to something. Honestly, I don't hate the idea of those two chasing the tag titles. I also don't hate the idea of having a six-man tag on the pay-per-view and having Pac come back and having uh, Dragon Lee, Roosh, and Andrade against pa- uh, the... Uh, Death Triangle. Death Triangle, yes. I mean, Death Triangle is in the tournament, but I agree, I don't think they're, I don't think they're getting into the final, so, you know... We've got these people. You want those guys on the pay-per-view anyway. Right. Because they're all very good. Very good matches are very good. Uh, that's the story of my number one. Rylan, why don't you talk about your number one? I really like Jericho and Moxley. I thought this match, for me, was better than their Revolution match. Um, albeit shorter. But but even the, even then, I feel like they gave them a lot of time. Like This match started at 9.30. Yeah. So, like, th- this match had a lot of time to breathe. Jericho looked great, as usual. A uh, couple of flubs, like, trying to get the walls of Jericho on. Like, I feel like he did that a little slow. But other than that, like, I thought both guys were fired up. Um, I'll mention it. The earring spot was great. Don't get me wrong. But <laughs> when Sweet we came Jesus. back from when we came back from commercial break. Moxley was just covered in blood, and I was just like, 
And, but uh, that being said, though, while he was face to face with Punk at the end, his ear was fucked up. Yes. So it, it very well could have just been the ear. I will say this. They then cut open Jericho before the end of this match. Yes, and he I, doubled it. I wasn't sure he was going to be able to finish it. Yeah. <laughs> he bled. He did. He definitely did. Like There was a point where like his face was just entirely covered in blood. I'm like, you still have a good two minutes of match left. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and again and the brawl as well. Like mm-hmm. I, I and and I will say uh, I thought the brawl was done very well. Uh Punk returning obviously as a Punk fan I'm happy to see it. Um looks in great shape. Yeah. Like looks in better shape than he than he when he left. Um but no, other than that like I'm just excited to see we have a direction for all out it would look uh, like because uh, him and Moxley did the stare down and then Moxley flipped him off to end the show. Um I thought it was a great main event, uh, great show. I'm going to give it a 3.5. I feel like you're shortchanging these shows a little bit. I, maybe, but I just I, I I want like this match was my favorite match, and there was there was Roosh and Andrade and Lucha Bros, but like everything else on the card was just kind of there for me match wise. Uh, again, you have the best we have the best coffin match I think I've, I've seen. Yes, yes. Uh, I thought. Jay Cargill looked dominant. I thought there was some great promo work on this show. All right. All like, right. You know what? You've convinced me. It's a four out of five. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm glad. Because that's great. <laughs> like, I'll go through the promos. Moxley. Great. Uh, it was a very Moxley promo. But it was a great promo. Jericho. Solid promo. Christian Cage. His promo was interrupted, but that brawl was great. Miro. Garcia. Really, like... Yeah. Really good promo. Jericho Appreciation Society was all great, but in particular, Garcia's promo was very good. We didn't mention the Thunderstorm stuff. I thought that was interesting, too. It's building to a fun direction of, you know, especially they said, like, Chris Tatlander's hurt. It looks like it's you two for the title. And they clearly, you know, they don't want to fight each other, but they're both, they're more competitive than they are friends. Right. And sometimes that's that's really hard. And it builds a very interesting narrative into that match. Which I think is really cool because it's a very distinct narrative from matches that Thunder Rosa have been having. Particularly with Britt Baker, which have just been like, I really hate this person, so I'm not just fighting not to or I'm not just fighting to win, I'm fighting not to lose. I'm fighting to hurt this person. Right. Whereas this one has the tenor of, I don't, you know, I don't necessarily want to hurt you, but I'm I, I'm doing what I can. I got to do what I got to do to win. So, that said, I think four is a good score for me, too. I'm tempted to lean the swords four and a half. I'll knock it down for a couple things. One... Um, the factory stuff was too long. Yeah, like it, I really like, don't uh, like the factory. Like, and and why are we doing that with Ricky Starks? Yeah, that's the guy who doesn't need that group to feud. Exactly, with. he's so hot right now. Just, and if you're gonna have him fight against Aaron Solo, don't have him make a fi- fight a fifty-fifty match against Aaron Solo. Right. And then the other thing that I'm gonna knock down is. AEW, I love you. 
But you're allowed to have more than one women's match on the show. <laughs> this is something you've said for, for years. M- more importantly, you don't have to have the women's match at the same time every week. Yes. Yes. They broke that last week with the tag match. They did. And and it was great. It was yes. a great tag match. It was really good. And then they went right back to 9.15. That's so, the time for the women. That's the Cargill Power Hour. Yes. Yes. And we just like. Also, I yeah. I'll I'll say uh, I'm not going to knock any points down, but I feel like we're going to have Parker Bordeaux squish Sunny Kiss in Sunny Kiss's return to television after God knows how long. Uh, do you want the the rampage spoilers? Do we want to do this? Um, I, I'll do it. I'll do it, Kyle. I'm I, do wanna know, I do want to know. I do want to know how quick that match was. Well, it was. It, it doesn't say how quick it was, but Sunny Kiss did lose. However, was not his last appearance on the show. Oh, interesting. So Orange Cassidy goes over uh, Ari Davari uh, after the match. Bordeaux dominates everyone, and then Sunny Kiss comes out to make the save and turns on Cassidy. Oh, yes. Okay. So everyone has talked about this. About it for what you would do with a heel sunny kiss. And here's the thing about wrestling. You don't have to outsmart the internet in wrestling. If the internet comes up with a good idea, just do it. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yep, 100%. Sunny kiss should be a baddie. I agree with you 100% on that, but it looks like they're going a different direction. It looks like he's going to be a trust buster. Interesting. I am interested to see how that turns out because I'm not sold the trust bu- on the Trustbusters being a big deal, but they're in the tournament, so I'll say that's something. Uh, do you want the rest of the spoilers from the show? There are a few other things you might be interested. In. Sure, let's uh, let's spoil. Uh, so uh, we'll say this: we've already spoiled some of this show. If you do not want spoilers, probably skip ahead until about thirty seconds before the end of the podcast. Right. Uh, Daniel Garcia comes out and uh, interrupts Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson. Sorry, his promo um, says that he's his hero. Brings up Danielson's pattern of getting hurt and retiring. He said he retires, he returns, he retires, he returns, which only happened once. So I'm not quite sure about that. Danielson fires back, saying that he's going to. He's tired of hearing about sports entertainment bullshit. He said that when Garcia. Uh, if he wants to be the best professional uh, wrestler in the world, he'll leave him to it. Um, then we had a AAA World Mixed Tag Team Championship match. Sammy Guevara and Ty Conti, uh, who I believe was introduced as Ty Mello. Yes. It does appear they're going with Ty Mello now. Um, I, why not Ty Guevara? Uh, that's just all I'm going to say about that. Um, I get it, but like, eh, come on, Guevara. Anyway. Uh, they defeated top flight Dante Martin Sky Blue. After the match, Guevara accepts Eddie Kingston's challenge to All Out, so that match is official. Uh, after that was when Parker Bordeaux, uh, I'm assuming, squashed Sunny Kiss. Then the Gun Club defeated Beardhausen. Uh, after the match, Billy tells his sons that they need to shape up, and he walks away. Stokely Hathaway sneaks in and gives the Gun Club his business card. Um, reality TV star Zach Clayton confronts FTW champion Hook and challenges challenges him to a match next week. I don't know who Zach Clayton is, do you? I don't. I have no idea. We are old men. 
Yes. Um, oh, Re- man. Rea- oh, yeah. man. <laughs> Reality TV star just immediately through is what is happening. Um, yeah, I guess he's he has wrestled before. Okay. All right. Well, then good. At least he's got some sort of he he he's wants to be wrestling. he wants to be Logan Paul. That's what he wants. Right. Well, I mean like it, it like he lists himself as a professional wrestler on uh on Instagram. So there's a website. I'm looking at it now. It does appear he is a he is uh oh god. From the world of professional wrestling athletics to more recently being seen on MTV's Jersey Shore Family Vacation. I'm just going to go ahead and close this oh down. Oh my god. Oh, alright, well, Summer Rampage seems good. Um, <laughs> that that part doesn't. Uh, that's neither here nor there. Kyle, why don't you tell the fine folks who listen to this show where to find us on social media? Twitter, at WMWallup. Instagram, which I just mentioned, WN Wallop. Facebook, Wednesday Wallop. Search it. Be the letters that are yellow and black. That's our colors. It'll have our names, so that should help. That's us. If it's not that, then then I'm not sure how what you found, but click away from it. it sounds scary. <laughs> if you want to find me on Twitter, it is at Legendary KJ, which is L E R E G E N D A R Y K J. Rylan. Why don't you tell the people where you can be found on the Twitter machine? If you want to find me on Twitter, it's at R-Y-A-M Sport Report. Uh, guys, the next few weeks is going to be a lot of fun. Stay tuned. We've got a lot of fun stuff planned for the next few weeks. Fun, fun, fun. Kyle, is it time? I think it is. All right. Send them home happy. So thank you so much for listening, as always. For everyone who made it all the way to the end, we appreciate you very, very much. And you... Have been walked. Good night. You've been listening to a Wallop Media podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Wallop Media. The hosts of our shows are Rylan, Kyle, and DK. You can find Rylan on Twitter at Rylan Wallop and Kyle on Twitter at Kyle Wallop. Production is by RJ Spearin. You can find his work at facebook.com slash spearkingco. Logo designs are by Maisie Mulder. You can find her work on her website, maisiemulderdesigns.com. Our podcasts are hosted by Acast. You can listen to them on the podcast catcher of your choice or on our website, shows.acast.com slash wallopmedia.